What's up, everybody? I'm Kyle Hamilton, All-American Safety for University of Notre Dame, and I just want to say thank you for tuning into the Full 10 Yards College Football Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Full 10 Yards College Football Podcast. We are back after a week off. Life got in the way a little bit last week. There's no one available. I didn't fancy doing it again on my own. But I'm back and we're back with the guy who's going to say the most this week, I think, after the last podcast that we did was just me and my lonely voice. So now we've got two big voices. I'm hyped up after the Chargers win. Kieran's not so hyped up, but that means he's going to be talking a lot about LSU and others as well. We're not just going to make it an LSU podcast, but that'll be me wrestling it away from him. My guy, how are you? You all right? Yeah, yeah, not bad. We've had, we've had a depressing week of sports, to be honest. None of my teams won, really. I know LSU came away with a dub, but wasn't really a victory, if you it ask me. didn't feel like it, did it? No. So what have we got? We've got LSU not really turning it up. We've got the Patriots who are getting their ass kicked. We've got... <laughs> Did the Lynx win? You were texting us about the Minnesota Lynx. Did the Lynx win in the WNBA? I don't think they pulled the comeback off, I'm going to be honest Really? With you. Okay. So it's, a, it's a bad it's been a, week. Been a tough weekend. <laughs> it's a bad week. Um, but like I say, my Chargers won, so I'm, I'm in a very, very good mood. Um, we've got a lot to get through, so we're going to we're going to focus on some big games, going to do a bit of rundown. We've got a few storylines, obviously a couple of quarterbacks struggling, a couple of programmes struggling as well. I've got one grievance with the AP Top 25 one big discrepancy to our own personal top 25. I'm going to finish off talking about a quarterback and maybe looking forward to next week. So we've got plenty to get through, my mate. Um, let's hit up first. And um, in fact, let's start with Clemson because we're both going to enjoy this one. Let's both start on a, a positive note. What's going on here, man? Because they are struggling bad. So when we talk about blue chip programs like Alabama and Oklahoma, Georgia and, and Clemson, it seems to be, especially with Alabama and Clemson, is, is that they don't rebuild, they reload. Right? Mm. That, that's what a lot of people say. Absolutely. Clemson are sitting at two and two now after what can only be described as a hilarious game against <laughs> NC State. And I'm, I'm not trying to shit on NC State because they are three and one right now, ranked number 23 in the country. Uh, uh, but they've never been that sort of powerhouse program in the ACC. If you're expecting Clemson to lose a game in the ACC, I think UNC is the team you're going to look at. But NC State came out, man, their quarterback on 44 dropbacks, 238 yards, four touchdowns. Devin Leary had a day and he he was he was dropping some ropes out, out there. Um they just outplayed Clemson. Like it shouldn't have even had to get to overtime, in my opinion. But they just they just beat the piss out of Clemson. It was kind of beautiful to watch. And like all the stats are just heavily in favor of NC State. Like more yards, more passing yards, more rushing yards, more more everything, man. It's just like it's pretty dominant. You know, time possession was outrageously in favor of NC State. Forty-one minutes to eighteen. Like it's actually like I say, it's wondered how it got to. Uh, into overtime because it just didn't seem like the sort of game statistically that it should have been. Like you say, Devin Leary playing really well. The running game that have got a couple of players playing really well, Ricky Person Jr. and Donovan Knight, both doing really well. And then Emeka Amizi is uh, 
should be called Emeka Amazing, maybe, after this performance, 14 catches, 116 in the touchdown. You know, and he looked like the best receiver on the field. And this is Clemson, you know, wide receiver factory that we're talking about. But uh, yeah, like you say, NC State maybe catching some people out, catching Clemson out. And, you know, Clemson with the arrow pointing right down. You know, DJ Yongalele, just, is he is he just not it? Because he just doesn't look it so far, does he? I know he's like coming off replacing Trevor Lawrence, who has been the face of college football for about five years. Even before he even started playing at Clemson, he felt like he was the, the face of college yeah. football. But like this is a, this he wasn't expected to be a step down. Obviously, he came in against Notre Dame last year, played pretty well. But this season, he's just not shown it, right? I was about to say, I feel like the expectations were sky high for him after mm. that game against Notre Dame last year. But then there's there's so many external factors that could play into to what's going on right yeah. now. But yeah. I, I couldn't put a finger on any of them. And maybe this is what Dabo Sweeney meant when he said when players can get paid, he'll quit college football because <laughs> players are getting paid and he fucking sucks now. So, I, yeah. <laughs> you said I, that with I, such a big smile on your face as uh, you say it. There. It's because my nickname for him is Dabo Swindler. I was a fucking fraud and he's finally getting found out by the NC State Wolfpack. It, I don't... Clemson did not look like if you put if you if you put game and you just like use some CGI to reskin Clemson uh, uh, as like a Miami or a, 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 another AC look Florida State maybe you wouldn't bat an eyelid but because it's Clemson you're like what the fuck is going on? like it was just bad yeah it, it was I've never seen Clemson play this bad prior to, to Dabo being there we know they mm. toiled at like five and five on a yearly basis before he sort of arrived and they had their moments, but I don't know what's going on with this program right now. I don't know if it's a personnel problem, a culture problem, a coaching problem, because we've seen great programs can get absolutely hampered by terrible coaching. We, you know, we sent this at LSU last year. So <laughs> I don't know what's going on. And if Clemson keep playing like this, I think they're going to get stomped by a few more teams in the ACC at least. I mean, I'm not, not sure it can be put down to a coaching issue. It's the same coaching staff that they've had now for about eight years. Uh, and obviously Dabo's been there for even longer. But, you know, Brent Venables, Tony Elliott and, and Dabo themselves, I think it's eight years that they've been together. But man, this 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 team just can't put up any points, can they? Like the, the 21 points they scored on Saturday was the highest points total they've scored all year. And I mean, they've played Georgia Tech. They've played South Carolina State. Oh, no, sorry. No, no, no. I'm, I'm wrong. South Carolina State, they scored 49 well, against, you know, FBS programs, they've put 21 points as their maximum so far. You know, we know that the Georgia D is good. You know, they're number two in the country right now. And they've put three points. And then, you know, they're just not scoring any points. It, it just beggars belief. And the how they are number 25 in the AP, that is purely on reputation alone, surely. Like, we don't have them in ours. We don't have them ranked at all. Like, I look across the, the um, you know, the SEC, there's I don't even Kentucky. think they're in the top 30 right now. I don't, I don't I'd agree with that. There's Kentucky, because I was doing our my, my version, my uh, sort of side of the top 25. And when I got down to like 23, 22, 24, 25, I was like struggling. I was thinking, oh, there's quite a few teams here. And Clemson was not in my thinking at all. We yeah, got Kentucky I don't think quite many high. People... They're 4-0 and oh, and Clemson are still above them at 2-2. Two and two. It's, it's purely reputation, right? I don't know. I, don't know. I can't do 100%. it. 100%. We, we know that AP polls always reputation. Look, look at last year. Cincinnati and, and, and other teams like that getting the nod over like four or five win Ohio State. So so 100% reputation plays into it. And that's why these teams 
I, I, I still look Clemson are clinging on what like 25 mm-hmm. right now yeah yeah no they shouldn't even be in the top 30 35 or maybe even 40 there's so many better teams than them right now and like you said Kentucky is crazy because they're a fucking basketball school <laughs> true. no offense to it their football true. program but their football program is essentially an afterthought when you look at how much money they pump into basketball scholarships there mm. so I think that I, I honestly think Clemson would struggle against some Mac teams right now. That's wow. how bad they look getting anything going on. If they went to a Mac team with a like reasonable defense, I think they would lose. Wow, that is that is sticking the knife in a little bit. I'm not sure I can get on board, but I mean it's a bit of a weird season for the top dogs in the ACC. Like obviously UNC is struggling just as much. We've got a couple of quarterbacks that we're going to talk about tonight, and obviously Sam Howell and maybe even Clemson and maybe DJ Younglele are struggling for the same reason. They've lost so much talent around them. We know how much talent on offense UNC had last year. Now it's all playing in the NFL. Same for Clemson. You know, we talked about Jackson Carmen just before we got started, playing well for the Bengals yesterday. Lost Travis Etienne, lost a couple of receivers. Clemson, you know, like I say, losing Trevor Lawrence, struggling. But you've got other teams in the ACC, Virginia Tech, Wake Forest, who I know our guy Andy has been massive on, Louisville, and also NC State now. You know, three and one, or in the case of Wake Forest, four and oh. Pittsburgh as well, our guy Kenny Pickett's doing nice. So the ACC is crazy right now. And, you know, it's going to be a different championship game, my looks things, unless Clemson comes storming back. But even more bad news, Brian Breezy, their defensive tackle, like absolute star on the defensive tackle, out for the season, ACL. I don't see a way back for the Clemson Tigers at the minute. They're, yeah, they're, <laughs> they're in trouble, man. And it, <laughs> Uh, I I want to say this joke so you can roll your eyes out of your head if you want but short of (laughs) Sam Howell having a Sam Howler UNC are probably going to take the ACC this year I think well, I don't know. There's, there's teams in front of them. They'll, they'll again have to have a bit of a, a story. I, I know. I just think as it, as, it, as it comes down the stretch, Sam Howe is going to come into his own a bit more. Because I, I still think he's probably one of the top quarterbacks in this class, but not uh, maybe not necessarily for the reasons that other people do. I, mm. I think his ceiling's Baker Mayfield. That's what mm. I think his ceiling mm. is. And his floor... I don't know, Blaine Gabbert. So, like, he's, he's still going to be a very good college quarterback and he, he can win them games and potentially, you know, take them further than Clemson this year. But it's, it, ACC is confusing. It feels like 2007. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's like seven back in time, isn't it? A little bit there. Clemson, obviously, next next week, uh, next game they play is against Boston College. So, it's not going to get any easier for them, is it, on uh, on Sunday um, or early hours um, of Sunday morning? Big Philly J is going he's gonna to bomb on them, I reckon. Is he, is he back? He's broken hand or something, is he? I thought he was back for next week. He might okay. not be. Okay. Clemson might get a win then. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, it, like I say, it doesn't doesn't get easier. I mean, they've got Pitt, they've got Wake Forest, they've still got Louisville as well. So yeah, they've still got a couple of teams that right now, the way you look at Clemson, they might lose. So they could potentially not win another in conference game. That's a big I genuinely call. mean that. I genuinely <laughs> mean look how bad they've played. Yeah, yeah. NC terrible. State yeah. is not like a top team in the ACC. Mm. Yeah, that's, so, I mean, that's definitely true. Yeah, we'll see, we'll see. But yeah, no, Clemson obviously in the doldrums a little bit at the minute, clinging on to their AP poll number twenty-five. Like I say, we are totally against that in total. Let's move on then. Move on to a different quarterback, then one that is struggling as well. Your guy Spencer Rattler. What's happening here <laughs> as well, man? Because like, there was some chance. I I haven't caught these chance, but you're you're saying that there was some chance. Okay. For the backup. Partway, 
partway through the West Virginia game, he's on the sideline looking like he was going to cry. And all you could hear from the stands is, we want Caleb, we want Caleb. And that is, of course, their stud, Caleb Williams, who, Mm. you know, very... The next very, five star in line at Old Homer kind of thing. Yeah, ba- basically he's a freshman right now, but he came in as the the number two quarterback in the nation. You know, seventh guy overall in the class. Very very talented guy. I've got um played at Gonzaga, not the basketball uh, college, but in Washington DC, which is not normally this the, like a recruiting hotbed. Oh. Um. But yeah, all you heard uh, partway through the game was we want Caleb because Spencer Rattler, he just didn't look good, did he? Dropped back 36 times, uh, 256 yards, a tub and an interception. Mm. Oh, he just looked so bad and their run game was worse. You know, you know you're know, you a bad school on the ground when you have less rushing yards than LSU. Um, <laughs> but they... And that's crazy to say because LSU used to be LA, LSU used to be a run first team, um, but yeah, they looked terrible. It was West Virginia were in control right up until like the fourth quarter when you know Oklahoma finally put up another six points, which gave them the three point edge. But yeah, it just was not good at all. It was a very, very, very bad football game. And West Virginia two and two, Oklahoma, how they're four and zero right now, I do not know. <laughs> Sam Howe has not been playing out of his damn mind. Not Sam Howe. Spencer Rattler has not been playing out of his damn mind, but he looks like he's out of his damn mind with some of the decisions he's making on the field. I just... How this guy's a fucking five-star recruit, I have not got a clue. The the well was not very deep that year, I'm assuming, in the quarterback. Uh, (laughs) I mean, it's turned out to look that way for the draft as well, isn't it? For next year. if If you take him first overall, or, or just first off the board, you do not deserve to be an NFL GM. Because if this kid keeps playing like this the rest of the season, there's no fucking shot that he makes it in the NFL. I mean, uh, I'm, I'm for it because we'll probably get a defensive player going number one. So I'm happy for it. You know, Kayvon, I mean, yeah, De- Derek Stingley, I think, is, uh, you know, him and Kayvon. I think Kayvon's injury maybe hurts his draft stock, but also Derek Stingley's. You know, I was going to say he's out as right now. Kayvon came back at the weekend and played against Arizona. Yeah, Oklahoma just—I don't know what's going on at that program. They need—they need to change something up. And I think, you know, I know they've got to say, "Oh, well, look, Spencer is going into the draft and stuff. We need to keep him as a starter so we can get more tape on him." But at the end yeah. of the day, if you are a head coach, you have no obligation uh, to start a kid if he is not playing well. Yeah, yeah, for sure. End of story. If Caleb Williams gives you the best chance to win, you start him. With that being said, I think if Oklahoma thought he gave him the best chance to win, they would have started him Mm. or at least would have put him in. So unless OU can, you know, pick up the slack in their next game, uh, uh, because who have they got next? It's uh, Kansas State. Oh, no, yeah. So... I'm not gonna say it's like a particularly tough game or whatever, but Kansas State aren't pushovers. And unless we see something out of Spencer Rattler next game as something significant, I think you probably got to have a look at starting Caleb Williams. Well, the the game after Kansas State is the Red River Showdown on the 9th of October, so you got to sort yourselves out pretty quick because I mean 
I I didn't bash Texas in the TV preview. I thought Texas Tech would do something. I thought it'd be a close game tonight. It wasn't, you know, they scored 70. But, you know, Casey Thompson looks like they figured it out at quarterback at Texas. And obviously that's them bringing in their next um, next era under centre. You know, and like I say, Kansas State won't be a pushover. So you've got to sort something out before you get that. Because if you go in and play in Texas, then you're going to get yeah. beat. And I, I said before the season, which is why I was so confused when they came out week one and started Hudson Card. Mm. I was like, Casey Thompson's the guy there. He's, he's an exceptional quarterback and he's going to be great. So when they started Hudson Card, I was confused. But they've obviously figured it out now. And Casey Thompson, I think, it looks from what we've seen better a better quarterback than Spencer Rattler. So I think they, you know, Oklahoma very much need to figure out what they're doing going forward before that Texas game or they're going to be in big trouble. And I think, you know, I'm never I'm never going to do horns up or say horns up because I you know I'd rather you know stick uh, cocktail sticks under my toenails and kick the floorboards. But um, still, the, Oklahoma need to do something or Texas is going to wipe the floor with them, which I only don't like because of how fucking annoying Texas fans are, and they'll just be unbearable <laughs> yeah, for the next year. So <laughs> at the end of the day, I mean, they draw some parallels Oklahoma do with Clemson. You know, then in against their FBS opponents this year, they're just in close games, like really two close games. You know, we saw week one against Tulane, they won by five. Tulane scored 35 on them. You know, Nebraska held them pretty close. Obviously, West Virginia is only win by West three. West Virginia haven't been good since Steve Slayton and Pat White have been there. So I, yeah. I don't know how, how they ran a game this close with, you know, blue blood franchise like Oklahoma. And like you say, I mean, like the Big 12 this season has been good. Like there's only one really bad team in it, and that's Kansas. And, you know, the rest of the teams are like 500 or above. Like every single team apart from Kansas is 500 or above in this conference so far. And then they've got to play, you know, TCU the week after Texas. They've got Texas Tech who can put up some points. They've got Baylor who are ranked now. They've got Iowa State who, as much as they've been a bit disappointed, obviously have some talent and they finish off. Um, with uh, Bedlam and Oklahoma State, who are also ranked in 4 0 at the minute. So they've still got like a bit of a, a tightrope to walk. You know, they've got the Red River Showdown. So this season could go pretty south pretty quickly for Oklahoma, I think. And like you say, is that going to make a change under centre happen? Because and then it wrecks Spencer Atlas' draft stock. And is he in the transfer portal going to Notre Dame or something like that next year? Because, you know, <laughs> I, I would I would have a lot more fun watching Oklahoma with Caleb Williams under centre, to be honest. And, and I know, obviously, there's personal reasons why I don't like Spencer Rattler because of what he did to my grandma, but he's just an arrogant prick. So I think a lot of people are counting on his downfall because anyone who's had any exposure to, like, QB1 or heard him in interviews mm-hmm. say, no, he's an arrogant piece of shit. Yeah. Uh, and it's it, I think, you know, a lot of people are tuning into Oklahoma games to watch him get knocked down a peg. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Like, you know, and that happens to the, the best of them, doesn't it? I mean, I'm sure there was people who weren't Chargers fans yesterday hoping that the Chargers knocked off KC because they want Patrick Mahomes and Travis oh, Kelsey. Mate, I was there for it. I was there for it. I was <laughs> there for it. it as an excuse to get it, another mention of it in. But, I mean, we've got another quarterback that we want to talk about a little bit later on. But, you know, let's actually get some positivity into the podcast a little bit because we've been talking about two programs that are pretty down. Man, let's rep these hogs because Arkansas, man, they're in the top 10 in our poll, they're in the top 10 in the AP. Like, this is a really good football team. I mean, I was watching on Saturday. I watched a bit of the LSU game, which we'll come on to. I watched the second half of that. I also watched the first half of Texas Tech versus Texas in, on, on Saturday. 
And neither of those games were really, really exciting me, I've got to say. You know, I was watching these teams thinking, I'm not sure if any of these four teams are going to do anything this year. But then I, I you know, stayed with BT Sport and Arkansas versus Texas A&M. And this was a proper game. And Arkansas looked like a proper team. You know, they were, they've got some stars. You know, KJ Jefferson, they were repping the Cam Newton thing far too much on commentary. I think Andy said in the past that he looks like Vince Young. Uh, Let's just say he's talented. So Let's much. just say he's talented. You know, you and get then these you've got... quarterbacks, uh, you get these commentators, sorry. And it's especially <laughs> in like these programs in the South uh, where they yeah, see yeah. like a tall black kid who is reasonably fast. And it's Cam Newton, Cam Newton, Cam Newton. <laughs> same, same with any white guy who's slightly athletic. Tim Tebow, Tim Tebow, like bro, yeah, shut yeah. the fuck up. <laughs> Let him be his own man. That's it, that's it. And he, you know, he he's he's got obviously a mobile style and stuff like that, but it is a bit lazy to draw these comparisons, especially to, to Cam Newton, because Cam Newton was a special, special college football player and for a time in the NFL as well. You know, and I was gonna go on sale, so they've got Traylon Burks, who my man, I don't know if you've got the wide receiver one, but he's got to be close, and you know, he was pulling off some great catches. He's just tearing these Texas A&M defensive and backs Traylon apart. And Smith looked amazing on the ground. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. And you know what? That's what I mean. They've got their little trio of offensive players that are just playing great. And you know what? And then they've got a defense that runs around. You know, they've got Bumper Pool, the linebacker. They've got Hayden Henry. They've got a whole bunch of players that just play for that jersey so much. And, you know, going into Texas A&M, who's a local rival in the SEC, you know, it's Southwest Classic. They just they, they just played so well, and it just was a, a team that just really impressed me, and they I, deserve to be number eight overall right now. I honestly thought they were going to struggle with um, Texas A and M, but it didn't even look they didn't even look stressed. Like the whole game, they played yeah. absolutely exceptional. KJ Jefferson, two great touchdowns, and then the uh, who was it? I can't remember his sec- uh, his first name, but Thompson, the uh, wide receiver who threw the pass uh-huh. on that trick Warren play, Thompson. Woo! That was fun, man. That's what I love about college football, seeing shit like that. And then Zach Calzada threw nearly 40 passes, looked surprisingly muted the entire game. Just AM struggled. Now, Isaiah Spiller is Isaiah Spiller, so yeah. he obviously yeah. had a day. 7.9 yards per carry, which is just... Uh, that's Derek Henry sort of numbers. Um, but yeah, yeah not bad. <laughs> Arkansas just dominated. I don't think they ever looked like they were gonna gonna lose control of the game. I mean, obviously they didn't put really they only put up a field goal in the second half, but they just sort of looked comfortable and coasting. Yeah, they did they didn't need to do a great deal because they the defense was holding, like say Zach Calzada didn't do a great deal. Aside from Isaiah Spiller, like you're looking at Jalen Weidemeyer, you're looking at Anaya Smith, none of these guys are doing anything, you know, none of these guys are making the yards. It's only Isaiah Spiller that's hurting you. So if you look after him, then you've got, you know, you've got some one person to kind of guard, haven't you? And, you know, even on the flip side of the ball, DeMarvin Leal, who, you know, is probably the best defender on Texas A&M, who I'm not a massive fan of, probably a bit behind on everyone else on that one, didn't really have massive impact on the game either. So, you know, Texas A&M just didn't impose themselves at all. You know, they were supposed to be the, the dominant you know, team in this one. And, you know, I think the rankings have pretty much flipped, not exactly, but pretty much flipped on the result. And, you know, it's now the right right the right way around, I would say, because, you know, Arkansas are a proper team now, and, you know, and they've, they've, they've done really, really well recently in the last couple of years. I know Andy's been on this one for, for, for much longer than everyone else. But, yeah, it's a great call because this team looks like a, a real threat. I'm not sure they'll make the college football playoff, but, you know what, if it was an eight or a 12-team format, they'd be dangerous. 
Yeah, even then, I wouldn't be so sure they don't make the playoffs. I think probably they're the it's second It's a bit of a strongest. weird year, actually, isn't it? You they're, know? they're the second strongest team in the SEC right now. If we, if we really... Because Florida nah, aren't nah, doing... No, no, no. You've got Alabama, you've got Georgia, man. Come on. Okay, yeah, shit. I forget what Georgia's in. Okay, third strongest team in the strongest uh, college football uh, division. And I think, you know, they're LSU's rivals. So I, mm. I hate to, like, <laughs> talk on them, uh, talk them up too much. Yeah, yeah. Um, because obviously we're going to have the battle for the golden boot this year, but that's probably going to be one of our toughest games outside of Alabama. Yeah, sure. I mean, yeah. you know what? Arkansas are ranked number eight right now. They've got the best game of the week coming up, which I'm sure we'll touch upon at the end of the pod against Georgia next week. After I that, they play Ole Miss. Ranked number five, to be honest. They've got that's what I'm about to say, man. They've got a bit of a gauntlet to walk. They've got Georgia next week, then they've got Ole Miss, and they play Auburn. That's three ranked teams. Then they've got Auburn's, like you say, Auburn's trash. Yeah, no, but it's still Auburn like, you know, trash. it's still a ranked team and things like that. Then they've got LSU, like I say, it's a rivalry game and they fall out with Alabama. So there's still a lot of losable games for this team. But if they can come through and win a couple of them, maybe three of those, then like you say, they're going to be, they're not going to be ranked in the top five they're, or anything like that. But they're going to be ranked, be, they're going to be high. They're gonna have yeah, they're going to have game. to be at the top of their game to win yeah. all these games. I think, given how they've played, every single game there is winnable for them. I'm not just like... Alabama and Georgia still as well. Honestly, yeah, because of how well they've played. I think Alabama and Georgia are still the favourites, but Mm. the games are winnable for them. I think, you know, Bryce Young uh, at Alabama is just incredible. So I think that's probably going to be their hardest game. Yeah. But but they are winnable games for them. And if they play their cards right, they could, if they topple Alabama or Georgia. That's a big notch. If they do both, they're in the college football playoffs. But if they yeah. do one of those, I think they're still looking at a shot. It, obviously, it, de- it depends on it depends on the movable parts, and it? it depends on how Ohio State do. It depends on how Penn State do. It depends on Oregon do. Because if Oregon on the table in the Pac-12, they're in. Yeah, especially because they're ranked third at the minute, so they're not going to drop. Yeah, here's the so thing: you're battling for one spot if Oregon on the table. I feel like the bad thing is going to happen this year, though, where. Ohio State are probably still going to get in over some <laughs> no-win teams. Like last I, year. No, just, just purely on... Like last year, they changed the rules to get in, but this yeah. year, they'll probably just get in based on the fact that oh, they only have one loss and to us is... To a yeah, but Penn, Penn State yeah. are still unbeaten, aren't they? So they've still got to play each other, so we'll, we'll see. We'll see. It's also Penn State. Right? Yeah, but they're, they're ranked number four at the minute, aren't they? So, yes. you know, you've got to take that into <laughs> okay. account. You know, okay. they're, they're in at the minute, so if they keep winning, then they're in, aren't they? You know, they're not going to drop. Yeah, it's the strongest we've seen them in a while. It is, it is, despite having Sean Clift as your quarterback, which says a lot, I would say. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's move on, though. Let's move on. I mean, let's flip it over. Let's, you know, you were laughing now, but, you know, we'll come on to LSU now. Like, you and I have obviously got this bet with LSU being in the top 10, You've won the bet. They're they're not ranked at the minute, are they? You're on mute, by the way. If you if you are replying, um, and you know, I think they're in our top ten. I think Andy's gotten quite you know, like mid twenties or something like that, which I don't really understand. I don't have them ranked at all. Maybe because I'm biased because this whole bet. We were browsing the the Arkansas catalog on Saturday, and you're ready to concede. What what's going on down down there in Death Valley? Look. We went into Mississippi and we ground out a win, a game that I don't think we deserve to win, personally. We looked great in the, fir- in the first half. Mm. And I know we put up um, more points in the second half, but we did not look like a good team that second half. 
We looked trash. There it. Oh, it was so bad. Like it. It was just disappointing, and and I I don't know if it's because we haven't got a run game, and we're asking a a, a quarterback making his like fifth start ever in college football to to do too much, but we just look bad. I mean, Tyrone Davis Price, fifty one yards on the ground, trash. I mean, look, I want I think Corey Kiner should be running back one personally, and that's not just because he's he's from down the road, but like. He's exceptionally talented. He, he's a very good running back. He just needs a chance to get out there. Our offensive line is dog shit. I think we'd honestly block better with tackle dummies. And uh, we just, we're not good. We're not a good team. And Max Johnson continues to look like a very good quarterback, but then he threw a, a throw which got picked off where he is an NFL throw given, given the space in. That the, the, the um, wide receiver had with the DB, but he just underthrew it, which meant it was it was an easy pick for the, for the uh, for the DB. Kayshawn Butte, though, once again, another two touchdown receptions. He's 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 caught twenty three passes this year, and eight of them have gone to the house. Mm. He's looked fantastic. We obviously saw the one where they, you know, he, he just took off uh, a slant and and Trey Palmer busting some coverage wide open. He looked great as well, but we are asking Max Johnson to do everything and we shouldn't have to. There should be a run game. We should. It sucks because Derek Stingley would be great uh, on some offensive snaps, but he's obviously got some injury concerns right now. He didn't play this week. Obviously, Cordell Flott took advantage of him not being there. Great pick. I don't know if you saw the pick. Yeah, Rick Rick's played well as well, didn't he? Two, two, two of two of the best picks this year have come from LSU <laughs> players. Just saying that Cordell Flop one-handed pick was absolutely phenomenal. Um, but and here's the weird thing. And I, I, I understand it because we're playing an air raid team, but we sent free every Single fucking play. Like, what are you doing? And then Max Johnson, I think they need to stop being, they need to stop giving him so much freedom with this offense. We're coming at him empty a lot and just letting him, him, him play stuff around, which, yeah, worked with Joe Burrow. Max Johnson isn't Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow came in being in an elite program for three years and then, his first year at LSU, we, we, we were very rigid with him. It wasn't till he, his senior year where we said, "Hey, we're gonna let we're gonna come out and empty and let you do what you want with it," which is why he's succeeding in the NFL now. But we just, we are putting so much pressure on a kid who look he looks good. I think it. I think in next year we're going to be looking at this guy as maybe a, a top draft prospect. He is a very very talented quarterback. But I don't know what the team is doing. And Coach O, uh, I, don't, I don't know if I want to say it, but like... I can see you're fighting with a bit of emotion like to criticise uh, yeah. Coach O, man. I've never been so upset after a loss. And I love Coach O. I think, honestly, after the 2019 season, we should build a statue of him. Uh, and I think he's a great coach and he embodies what the LSU football programme is all about. Uh, and He's tough and he's hard working. He's just, 
I don't know what he's doing. It's the only time I'm going to be this down over a win. We did not look like a good team. Mm. We did not deserve... We didn't deserve the win. It's just simple as we didn't deserve a win. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like you say, it, it like I said, sorry, it, it just looked to me like both of these teams on the field on Saturday just were middle-of-the-road college football teams. You know, when you watch him in 2019, you're thinking, bloody hell, this is like an NFL team. It turned out they were pretty much an NFL team, you know. But this team just doesn't have the talent level outside of a couple of players, you know, and it's just like a real downtime. I, I mean, I know that um, he started his uh, tour of uh, SEC teams, but are you just hoping that Arch Manning comes in in a couple of years' time to rescue the programme? I don't know if he's even going to want to come at this point. I mean, look, <laughs> here's the thing. We've got Max Johnson, who I think probably is going to be the starter for at least the next two years. Yeah. And we've got Walker Howard, who, despite, you know, now Quinn Hewers has left, Walker Howard is the top quarterback of the 2022 class. And then if you went and got Arch Manning, who's the top quarterback of the 2023 class, I actually think that gives us a problem of who to start. Otherwise, we're just going to, we're going to have to lose some insanely talented quarterback because Arch Manning is, he doesn't seem like he's like Eli or Peyton in that he's a spoiled little bitch, but I feel like he wouldn't be happy sitting more than a year. You know what I mean? He's going to play from his freshman year. Just on the name. He should, he should redshirt his freshman year. I don't, I don't give a fuck who you are. There is no way you start as a true freshman unless the team has nobody else at that position or you have balled out so hard in camp that they have no choice but to start you. Oh, you still got a year to develop, wasn't it? Anyway, I was, I was only playing my yeah. Manning, to be fair. If we um, got him, though, I, I would be unbearable for four years. <laughs> he wouldn't be there that long. Potentially five if he redshirted. <laughs> he wouldn't be there that long. You don't know that. He will. If you've heard not, Eli not and Peyton speak, I think it's very important that that kid gets an education. Mm. We'll you see. hear those guys talk; they didn't. They didn't finish college properly. Mm. We'll see. I mean, it's it's obviously going to be something that we cover in years' time because obviously he's going to be a very valuable and hot commodity in the recruiting circles. But what do you what do you see for the rest of the season for LSU, man? Because like it's not looking great, is it? Let's be honest. Like, is it just kind of like you're turning the season in already? Because like we said, like I've said before, you've got some losable games coming up on the schedule and, you know, it could head south pretty quick. And I'm not saying that you're going to lose all these games, but Auburn, who you said a trash a minute ago, fair play. Kentucky, who were hyping up a minute ago. Florida, Mississippi, Alabama, Arkansas. That is a, that is a gauntlet. Could, and then you've got could, it, Texas A&M, last game of the season. What wow. We got? What have we got? Six, six games left or seven? One, two, eight. Eight games. Four and four. Okay. Four and four. It's just we don't, you know, we don't beat Alabama. No fucking mm-hmm. shot. Mm-hmm. Not going to beat Arkansas. I don't think. Old Miss, Not... Florida, Texas A&M. Florida going to kick our ass probably, unless you know they bring Even back Emory Jones at the quarterback position. Oh shit! Yeah, I forgot he's starting. Uh... <laughs> Five and three. Uh... Okay. I mean, that's still not good enough to rank in the top ten. So that's fine by it... me. You don't know. Everyone else might fall apart. Um, yeah, it's just <laughs> you've won the bet. I think we'll see. We'll see. I said. But I said to you tonight that I think as soon as you get maybe three, maybe four losses on the board, then we'll, we'll call it in. 
it's annoying though because like we have so much talent but we're so fucking bad i don't understand <laughs> it we'll see we'll see how it develops over the we'll see how it develops over the uh, the coming weeks anyway because like i said there's quite a few big big games to uh, to come up for lsu and, you know there's going to be some tantrums maybe but maybe also some some nice wins as well that you could be could be treating us to um over the coming weeks but we'll see um before we get on to kind of our other quarterback that we keep alluding to, let's just kind of have a bit of a rundown of, of other games and other results. I mean, there were some big wins for teams who you expect to win big. Do you know what I mean? Like Penn State or Villanova took care of business, now ranked number four. Uh, you got uh, Georgia, who are winning 62 to zip against Vanderbilt. Man, is there any point in Vanderbilt even being in the SEC? I think I tweeted that out from Vanderbilt. the Fulton Yards account. No, honestly, I 100% mean this. Vanderbilt would benefit from being in like the American or, or, yeah, or like yeah. the USA. I, I, I actually think that they would they should step down to the American. I mean they won't do because of money, but they they would benefit because they're just getting the tail whooped every week. And what what good does it do anyone? That being said, they are a very good academic school. They are an academic school. Yeah, the the, the what is it? The Harvard of the South, they call it, don't they? Something like that. And I'm pretty sure that's where Jay Cutler came from. So. It is. Yeah. Well, there you go. You you can only get the intelligence from there, can't you? <laughs> Look, he smokes cigarettes, and if he went to Vanderbilt, that must mean they're safe. That's good enough for me, mate. <laughs> anyway, back to back to the teams that are winning big: Alabama over Southern Miss, oh Ohio State. Which actually, no, we'll, we'll, we'll stop on Ohio State actually. What the heck was going on with what is it, Kayvon Pope, wasn't it? Walking out in the middle of the game, he's dismissed from the football team as well. Like, is this yeah, an isolated incident? It's, he's, it's a all sick, bit... he's a sick for your senior, and I think he's frustrated that the team's he's not really played bad. a great deal. Has and, he? And, yeah. No, he's played probably a handful of downs in six years, which I get. And then when you're losing, and, and if you are a player, you're always going to think that the team would do better with you on the field, yeah. So, so probably just frustration. It boils over sometimes. and The college world, as fans, will be split where you have a bunch of idiots and they're normally the idiots who like watching players slap their coaches, uh, no, coaches slap their players about on stuff and be yeah, like, yeah. oh, well, he's soft. Then you have the other 50%. Like, yeah, I understand it. You, you're a competitor. Losses are frustrating. But yeah. I don't know what's going on in Ohio State right now, man. They look terrible. And that's not just like the anti-Ohio State bias. They just do not look like a good team. Yeah, I mean, they're ranked number 11 at the minute, and that is low. It's what I mean, it's sort of weird season. And, they're, you know, they're 3-1, and one, so they, they've only lost that one game against Oregon, which is a close one. But, yeah, it's a weird season. It's a really, really weird season. I mean, you know, you've got a team in um, Iowa who struggled to beat Colorado State, and they're still ranked number five. Tough one for them. Michigan looked great. You know, they're still ranked number 14. You know, and that's funny for me to say that Michigan looked great. They're 4-0 right now. Uh, obviously, got, you've got teams like Maryland. We've got, you know, Kentucky. We've got a few problems with the with AP Top 25 at the minute. Um, a few? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, we're doing our own. I think ours is, is a much better representation. I'm not just being biased there, to be honest with you. Yeah, they, they won't accept us, though, because we're not American. <laughs> and as we know, extremely xenophobic. Yeah. <laughs> Might have to scrub that bit if I'm going to be honest. Um, you know, the couple of teams that then, like you say, are struggling a little bit. Um, Iowa State not not doing too well, getting beat by Baylor by a couple. Baylor, you know, undefeated still. And I want to kind of give a shout out to Oregon. Oregon, you know, keeping it up. I thought, you know, there's a Pac-12 loss coming. Maybe not against Arizona, but the Pac-12 loss coming at some point. It's going to be difficult ASU, for them to mate. 
run the table, um, you know, over the next few weeks. But if they can, they're definitely going to make the playoffs. So one thing I'll be here for because they're the only team that haven't really had a Pac-12 kind of loss yet, you know. And like you say, you've got some some big games coming up. You've got Washington, you've got Utah. Uh, they don't actually play ASU this year, fortunately for them. So got a couple of games, UCLA as well. So got a couple of games, but, you know, Kayvon Thibodeau's back. The offense is playing well. The defense, man, is sticky-fingered, uh, Verone McKinley. Looking great. He's got four picks. I've tweeted a little tweet out, a little highlights compilation. I've been surprised by this Oregon defense, to be honest. You should have listened to me in the offseason. This is the best part of their team. And then, obviously, Noah Sewell has been an absolute stud. He's an animal, man. It's like his brother. It's ridiculous. Imagine that your brother is like this absolutely Moana-looking <laughs> unit. <laughs> you know uh, that Moana was the girl, right? <laughs> Whoever the rock played, bruv, he's <laughs> he's, gi- he's just a giant Maui. Maui. He's just is is he Hawaiian? Uh he's American Samoan. Okay, so he's just this giant he's, absolute he's unit of a man. Yeah, yeah. The crazy thing is, I've seen family pictures. Noah looks like the runt of the family. Yeah, and how ridiculous your yeah. family has got to be <laughs> athletically for Noah Sewell, a 250-pound man, to be the runt of the litter. Yeah. Ridiculous genes. Ridiculous. Yeah, he's going to be an absolute stud. Uh, so, yeah, that, that defence is looking great. Like I say, uh, Anthony Brown's actually getting it done better than I thought it would do as well. Running game looks great. So, yeah, watch out for Oregon this season. Like I say, I'm expecting the Pac-12 loss anytime soon, but maybe not in the next couple of weeks. But, you know, like those games that I shouted out towards the end. But, um, yeah, so another bit of a weird week in college football. So some nice teams that are, that are ranked quite highly were really enjoying that. I'm particularly enjoying Michigan State coming back. It's like the first time that they've been good in forever. Um, Noah Dame as well, who I've not mentioned, who kind of took care of business nicely against Wisconsin. And Fresno State, man, looking good, looking really nice. Jake Heener, who I think we're all kind of sitting up and taking notice of now, right? And, you know, he's playing quite kind of well. I think he's got the uh, the most yards passing in college football right now with just a tick under 2,000 yards already. So playing playing really nice football um, out there in Fresno. Definitely, definitely uh scheme, though. Look, we've seen it with like Washington State and stuff, like for, for yeah, a few years, sure. like yeah. Gardner Minshew and Luke Falk, Anthony Gordon. Anthony Gordon, yeah. Yeah. A guy who I had a dark horse because I'm a fucking idiot. <laughs> but like you got you got you gotta have context to the numbers. The uh, my favorite saying about football is the numbers don't lie until they do. Yeah. The one the one that you said on Kieran Corner, what was that that you don't use stats for? Stat, look, people, uh, fans, well, and analysts use stats the same way a drunk uses a lamp post for stability, not for illumination. Mm. If it. you want to prove a point and you only use stats and not film, you are not doing it right. <laughs> Shout out that guy who was telling you. Yeah, because you can come to me and be like, oh, well, Ben Roethlisberg has thrown 2,000 yards this season, let's say. But when 1,800 of those are yak yards, does it really fucking matter? Mm. Like like Mac Jones, everyone's like, well, he, he's 90% accurate. It's like, yes, but he's dumping the ball off almost yeah, every he's single three play. Yard passes, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, he can go deep. We've seen that. But it, it's, it's disingenuous to say that he's this super accurate passer when it's check downs and across the middle and mm. there's nothing really that's explosive. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I completely agree. I completely agree. I'm not a big stats person myself. Like you say, use it for illumination. Like you say, not to not to uh, not yeah, to sorry, pull me KFF. up. 
<laughs> um, yeah, let's uh, yeah, it's not too too much slander. One um, one guy who isn't you know just dumping it off um, is Matt Corral, right? You know, I love Matt Corral, and he we're is... going to have a little chat about Matt Corral because I'm going to write an article about him this week. It should come out later this week, hopefully before well, it should be before the Alabama game on the weekend. You're still speaking him up or talking him up as someone who can speak properly English would say as a Heisman favorite. I think, I think probably and. Thing I like this season. I know he threw five picks against LSU last year, but he's not doing that thing this year where he makes a bad pass and then makes a bad interception afterwards because he's mm. just getting in his own head, snowballing and compounding mistakes. He looked fucking brilliant against Tulane. Now I know it's only only Tulane. I mean they fucking run Oklahoma. Yeah, as we said, very very close. close. I yeah. think some bad calls at the end kind of hurt Tulane there, and obviously Pratt looked great. Ball security is emphasised, but Macrow, 335 yards, three tubs. He just looked great, didn't he? He's looked okay. Yeah, he's definitely looked better than He had four rushing touchdowns as well, yeah. may I add. So he's, he's athletic as well. Yeah. Seven touchdowns. Pretty good. Video just game numbers, it, isn't it, as they say. Just could, just could put out there, last quarterback who uh, scored that many in a game. Joey B. Joe, Joe Burrow. He threw six <laughs> touchdown passes against Clemson. <laughs> in a in national a championship. Game. Yeah, in a big old game, right? The biggest of games, my friend. <laughs> the thing is, the thing is, what, with Matt Crown, this is a kind of angle. I kind of won't ruin what I'm going to put together, but they haven't played anyone. They haven't played anyone. They've, put, they've played the Louisville team who everyone scores against. They've played Austin P, who... FCS team. You know, and yeah, he scored five touchdowns on them. Of course he did. And then, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, he's scored, you know, seven touchdowns against Tulane. Fair enough. Let's see if he can do it this week coming against Alabama because, you know, will he regress into being this player that we saw against LSU and against Arkansas last year? Or is he going to be this new guy that everyone's kind of said, oh, my God, he's like the new Joe Burrow. He's the new guy who's going to come to the the seat and be the saviour of this quarterback the Alabama defense poses a lot, a lot of problems for him That's it. That's because it. That's it's it. it's just an elite defense. But if if he can get in a rhythm, I think we could genuinely see one of the most fun shootouts between him. That's it. That's it. And and Bryce Young. And, and Bryce Young. Mm. That's going to be a fun match. That's it. And my my Heisman front runner at the minute, even though he's not uh, a draft eligible player, and it's nothing to do with the Heisman. But you know, people generally look at the older players. He's Bryce Young because I think he's been incredible. I mean, I've I've spoken about him a couple of times on the pod. I mean, this is going to be a really fun match on Saturday. And for Matt Corral, just going back to him a little second, got Alabama on Saturday, next week against Arkansas after that as well, as I mentioned before. So he's going to have to play two good defences, two good defences who are going to play him hard and are not going to give him any opportunities. And he's going to have to keep the score up as well, especially if KJ Jefferson's injury isn't too bad and he's playing you know, again for, for Arkansas in this game. So I'm, I'm, I'm not... All there with Matt Corral yet, let's say that. He's still got the ghost of 2020 and, and further back in my mind. And like I said, I'm going to put okay, some words together for him. Not not to, like, compare the two, but remember Joe's first season at LSU before he came into his final... Like, players can make that jump. They can, Incredibly, they can. Like, they can. on a regular basis, players make this jump. But Players make the jump the other way as well. I cool. mean... Look at Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, and Trevor Lawrence in the NFL. <laughs> Could not be my quarterback, my friend. Joe's a very good player. I'm just saying <laughs> so is Justin Herbert. But and look at the leap Justin Herbert made when he went. I know it's it's the that pros, so it's a different man. game. Come on, that was scheme but, in Oregon. 
Marcus Arroyo never won a game at UNLV. Is there a correlation between that? I think there is. <laughs> really, though? Yeah. Because uh, his mechanics <laughs> look bad and he fixed them in the pros. But what I'm saying is there are a, a small tweaks where players can make huge leaps and bounds. We saw it with Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow. Yeah. And I think yeah. if Matt Corral has made that leap, Heisman winner. If he comes through the next couple of games in particular and then has a good rest of the season, yeah, and I mean, I'm not going to stand in his way. But he I'm just to not... have a Heisman moment, though. I'm just not coronating him after Louisville, Austin P and Tulane. I'm just not doing it. I'm just not doing it yet, that's all. No, I understand. But well, this we'll is Monday. We overreact on Mondays. That's the entire <laughs> point of people doing uh, that's why we record shows on, on a Monday. Monday. <laughs> this is why we record on a Monday. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, it's going to be an interesting matchup next week um, with Alabama and Mississippi facing off against each other. Have you got any other games from next week's slot, uh, slot slate <laughs> that you're looking forward to seeing? Because, you know, the college football season is heating up now going into week five. You know, it's kind of getting into mid-season now, isn't it, really? It's not kind of hanging around. It, we're at that weird point now uh, in the college football season where we're kind of like in between yeah, like conference it. play starting and uh, and some teams are kind of like they found their identity. Some teams are struggling. Game I am looking forward to today is going to be Liberty versus UAB. Oh, yeah, nice. Mm. That's going to be a good game. Very evenly matched. Liberty, tough loss to Syracuse. But Malik Willis, man, fucking hell. I can play. I thought he was look. You you had the podcast with me and Raj. A lot of it, I said he's all all shirt, no trousers, and he's just <laughs> it's the competition he's playing. No, obviously he's these guys aren't ranked. By the way, he made some big boy throws. Mm. He made, and I know it's it's only Syracuse. I mean, only Syracuse. They've had a good season so far, but like big boy throws from Malik Willis. Yeah. Uh, Absolutely phenomenal player to watch. I don't care if he's playing UAB or Syracuse or, you know, some fucking trash FCS team. He's fun to watch. Yeah, he is. Yeah, definitely is. He looks like if he does, like, say, have a few big games, have, you know, put some video game numbers up himself, he'll kind of be the one behind Matt Corral rising. As long as he doesn't play like he did against um, Coastal in a bowl game last year. Yeah, yeah, sure. Which is also coastal are going to be fun. Grayson McCall, dark horse. I'm telling you, mm. sleeper, sleeper pick, sleeper pick, mate. They, he's going to be gone on day two, and he's going to be a Drew Luck type guy. Nice. And I, I, like I, I don't mean, I don't mean he's he's bad like <laughs> Drew Luck, but I mean he's got he's the talents there. He just needs a, a team who could use him. Yeah, no, I like it. I like Grace McCall, I like Coastal, you know, highly ranked in our top 25 as well. I'm looking forward to your local boys. I'm looking forward to Notre Dame versus Cincinnati. You know, everyone's loving watching Cincinnati at the minute. Notre Cincinnati Dame. going to fucking wipe the floor with Notre them. Dame are not playing that great. You know, they, they took care of business, but it's kind of like business like methodical football, isn't it? Whereas Cincinnati are probably looking for a bit of a signature win. This could be it. And, and also, I do want to give a shout out to Notre Dame fans because, as much as they're annoying, <laughs> uh, they're respectful when it's not online. Because I don't know if you've heard when Cincinnati played Indiana, 
Indiana fans are being complete and utter cunts. I've definitely got to beat that one. <laughs> these, these two girls, like, at the tailgate were, like, flipping Cincinnati fans' tables over and ruining their food and then really? cried yeah. and called the cops when a fan slide-tackled one of them. Sorry, <laughs> they were spitting on Cincinnati fans, throwing cups of piss and beer on them. Absolutely shameful behaviour. Which is why I want to give props to Notre Dame, because they are actually respectful. Because they've won games before, they've had a decent programme, so they know how to fucking act when their team is decent. So mm. I just want to give a shout out there. Indiana fans, you are trash. Your team is trash, and your entire state is trash. Fuck like, Indiana. Notre Dame, though. <laughs> South Bend, Indiana. Um, exempt from that one, maybe. Um, Wisconsin versus Michigan. This looks like a game that will have about five air yards in it, five passing yards <laughs> in the whole game, right? Because Cade McNamara throws for about 50 yards a game. Right, he's not the guy, is he? Graham Mertz, not the guy either. So. Why did they give Harbour another fucking extension? The not dude sure. can run a bath, let alone a fucking college football team. Yeah, I know, I know. Oh, my life. <laughs> it's yeah. just bad. I mean, to be fair, their running game is playing really well. You know, um, uh, Hassan, uh, I can't remember his name, Hassan something, and Blake Corum, the other running back, running all over the place. And, you know, Wisconsin are going to do the same. So, like I said, I don't think there's going to be a great deal through the air. Probably go for the under or a lot of running yards if you're betting on it. Um, but it should be a good game to watch, especially for, like, Big Ten football, pro-style football, and then a lot of running game. It might be a bit like one of the service games when they're playing each other yeah. and playing the triple option a little bit. It might be like a little tribute to that. It's going to be Army versus Navy. Yeah, yeah, could Just be. Just with better uniforms. <laughs> well, I don't worse know. uniforms. I don't know, yeah, worse uniforms for sure. When um, Army bust out that big bread one uniform, I get I get weirdly <laughs> excited. It's good. It's got those service uniforms are definitely, definitely great. A couple of nice matchups I just want to finish up on that are kind of ones to look out for in terms of ranked teams and stuff like that. We've already mentioned Georgia versus Arkansas. We've already mentioned Alabama versus Ole Miss. But then you've got in the Big 12, you've got Oklahoma State versus Baylor, who is looking both unbeaten, both looking pretty nice. And then a team that should be ranked Kentucky versus Florida. I think that could be an upset. I'm going to kind of hang my hat on that one and say Kentucky are going to upset the Gators in that one. Um, and then, yeah, you've got Louisville versus Wake Forest, another unbeaten team in Wake Forest who should be ranked higher and their 24th ranking right now. So you've got lots of good games, lots and lots of good games to look forward to this weekend. And, and week five should be, you know, another great week of college football. Yeah, it's... Oh, man, I love college football. <laughs> I love it. It's the best. The NFL's fun. But college football's just so much better. It's, it's like... different. The Premier League is great, but also let's watch the Championship and League One because there's so much fun shit that happens. <laughs> So <laughs> it's a decent allergy to be fair. It's a decent allergy. But yeah, it's like, it's, look, it's why I like watching hashtag. People hate on them because of their name, and I agree, the name is fucking <laughs> stupid. But it's fun, entertaining football. <laughs> yeah, same I with mean, college football. It is not high quality not, like at say, all a lot of the time. A lot of the time, especially like you say, I was watching you know, the Mississippi State LSU game and was not impressed at all with either of those teams. But yeah, like I say, it's gonna be a great weekend to look forward to. Plenty of good games, plenty of good clashes. Uh, you know, a few upsets on the cards as well, like you say. I mean, Kansas State, Oklahoma, staring me in the face as well, as we've just been talking about. But my guy, like, you know, you're doing a great job with Kieran's Corner. Point people towards that and point people towards anything else that you're going to do for us over at the full 10 yards anytime soon. Yeah, doing the Sky Sports wrap-up. Mate, I I'm loving this because I get an excuse to just 
sit there and watch football all day and tell everyone <laughs> to leave me the fuck alone. Um, yeah, it, we're having fun doing that. And actually, in 20 minutes, I'm going to be recording another episode of Kieran's Corner, your team, you'll say, of an LA Rams fan who's... Uh, you get his name. I'm bad with names. I know his first name, but I don't know his second name. Jake Ellen Bogan, who is a he. He basically is the CEO of Downtown Rams, yeah. uh, a Sirius XM show, writes for USA Today, Fox, stuff like that. So that's going to be fun. We're going to have him in talk about the Rams. Kieran's corner is just chugging along. We're, we're getting more and more guests. I've got Strawberry Ice tomorrow, uh, a Bengals uh, super fan almost. He's got his own show here in Cincinnati, so we're going to be talking about the Bengals. It's just, just fun. Downtown Rams, I mean, they could be on for a great season as well. LA football's looking nice right now. Rams, potentially the best team in the NFL Super right now. Super Bowl favourites. Yeah, could be. Could be. And Crazy was... what happens. Someone said yesterday on Twitter, this is what happens when you leave a toxic relationship. <laughs> what, talking about Jared Goff and McVeigh? No, because Stafford and Rams are 3-0. The Lions are own free. Yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> Funny what happens when you get a good quarterback. Matt Stafford was in a, an abusive relationship and he finally <laughs> said, fuck that. I've had enough. I'm better than this. Can't argue. Can't argue. You look like a match made in heaven right now. So Love to see it. Looking, looking really nice. An all-LA Super Bowl in LA. How about that in February? Gonna, no, not all LA. Fuck off. Have a, uh, give your head a wobble, mate. San Francisco, <laughs> San Francisco is in the NFC as well. Um, we'll see. We'll so, see. Sorry, sorry. Just that, that to get a little shot of the Chargers. Head. No. I, I honestly think it's Browns versus Rams Super Bowl this year. We'll see. We'll see. Anyway, we're not here to talk about NFL. Like I say, I'm going to be putting some words together this week on Matt Corral, and then we're looking forward to the clashes that Ole Miss have got against Alabama. That I'm going to be doing a quarterback list as well. That should be looking good. And yeah, you've got some quarterback lists coming out as well this week as well. We'll obviously have the TV preview as well coming up later this week and potentially got some scout notes from Keith coming up uh, that'll be out on Wednesday as well. So we've got plenty to come up for. Um, you know, keep it here, uh, keep it locked and keep it on Full Turn Yard CFB because we've got a lot of good content uh, Kieran giving the horns down signal. You get a flag for that these days, my boy. Um, but, oh, yeah, I about that. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's been a real fun podcast with me and Kieran. Uh, it's good to be back on the podcast after a week away. Plenty to come next week, plenty of written content as well. Uh, AP Top 25, be bettered by our Top 25 every single week. So keep your eyes peeled for that one. But yeah, like I say, thanks for listening and we'll see you next time. Thank you so much for tuning in to the full 10 yards. Thank you for tuning into the Full 10 Yards College Football Podcast. We have great information and some great content for you guys. Keep on flying that flag.